This week I saw a news story where some magazine or website had rated who was the most powerful woman in the world. And I got to thinking about that. We see those come through all the time. Some magazine or some website does some study that they've concluded this person is the most powerful or the wealthiest or whatever. But the reality is we know that that changes. Next year it'll be somebody else. And that comes and goes. And the truth is the only real test is down in history when you get perspective. Who really was the most powerful? Who really did have all this influence? I'd like to ask you a question. If you looked out over history, who would you pick as the most influential person in history? Some names come to mind. Well, I would obviously have a candidate that I would propose. His name is Jesus. Not just because we're in a church. I think historically you could make an argument for that. As far as one person who has influenced the course of history, entire cultures, formed a religion that has spread around the world and is every nation. And you could go on and on for the influence of Jesus. His life had a huge impact. The reason I say that is I would like to hold up Jesus as somebody who'd figured out how to live life. If you want to weigh lives of who was successful, who had a big impact, whose life mattered, Jesus would at least be very high on the list. And if that's true, then maybe we have some things we could learn from him in how to live life. Some advice he might give us of how to make a life that matters how we should live our lives. And sometimes Jesus' approach was not what everybody else did, and that's part of why his life had such an impact. We, read, we hear repeatedly in the Gospels this phrase Jesus would use, you've been told, but I tell you. And he says that a lot. You've been taught how to live this way, but I'm going to tell you there's a different way to live. You were raised this way, but I want to show you a different way and he does that repeatedly one of the greatest ways that he probably did that is in how to make your life matter what you focus on and that's what we want to talk about a little bit today because Jesus really turned things upside down you've been taught one way Jesus said I want to show you a different way the the, the common view of life is that blue triangle and that is to get ahead of life, you want to get at the top of the pyramid. That, that's the key. You move up. And whether that is in our abilities, whether that's in our income, whether that's in our education, where we are in the company, it's almost a given in our culture that says success is at the top. But that's one of the places Jesus would come along and say, now you've been taught that, but I tell you something very different. Turn over to Matthew 20, and Jesus does some teaching on this very issue, and he recognizes you've been taught one way, but I want to show you a different way. Matthew 20, starting with verse 25, Jesus called them together, his disciples, those who said, I want to follow you, 
And he said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. I'll stop there for just a second. The blue triangle. You know how the people in the world live. You get to the top. That's what it's all about. Then Jesus says, Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus changed that triangle. He turned it upside down. And he said, you really want to be first in life? You want to have a life that will really have an impact? You want greatness? It's not at the top of the pyramid. It's at the very bottom of the pyramid. Now, we can't take the very tip at the bottom because that position is already occupied. It's taken by a man named Jesus. Because what he says here is he says, that's how I've lived. I'm not asking you to do something different or some theory. It's how I've lived. It's what Steve talked about as we had communion. Christ said, I will show you this works because I will go directly to the bottom of the pyramid myself and I will become the greatest servant. And I will sacrifice my very life. And Jesus challenges us with that. Well, can it work? Honestly, our world says no. I mean, our culture today, and we've sucked that in, with the air we breathe, our culture today says, no, that doesn't work. It works at the top. Everything about us, our business, where we work, just our neighborhoods, everything about us says, go to the top. And Jesus says, I want to challenge you with that. Go the other way. Go to the bottom. Because that's where greatness really is. And that is, in fact, what Jesus modeled for us. I don't think anyone would ever accuse Jesus of living for himself. We never hear a hint of Jesus saying, it's all about me. There was just not a shred of that in Jesus' life or his attitudes. What we see is him caring about other people, helping other people, always being available for other people even when it wasn't convenient. He helped people that no one else would even talk to or help. He listened. He invited. He noticed. He cared. He was patient. He forgave. He fed. He healed. He raised the dead. He didn't treat people as they deserved he served them. And that's how he lived his entire life. And that's how he ended his life. In the ultimate act of serving others. Well, the question is, is Jesus' theory work? Did it work for him? Well, for that, I want to look at what Paul had to say. It wasn't because it was easy for Jesus. Steve talked about that. 
It wasn't easy, it wasn't convenient, it wasn't painless, but he did it anyway. Because it worked. In Philippians 2, Paul talks about this servant attitude of Jesus and how he lived his life that way. Starting in verse 6, Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God, all that privilege, something to be grasped, held on to. Instead, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, God come down to earth. And being found in appearance as a human, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus lived a life of servanthood. Did it work? Well, let's keep reading. God says it did. Philippians 2, starting with 9, therefore, that's a key word when you read the Bible. Because of what Jesus did, what we just read before verse 9, because he did that, therefore, the result of that was, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God said it worked. God said because you live this way with your triangle, your pyramid upside down and you went to the top of the pyramid at the bottom and died you will be great. Greatness lies there. I will give you the first place. And it's not just God's estimation. What did we say in the beginning? At least one, if not the most influential people in history is Jesus Christ. History would say that. And he never campaigned. He never led an army. He never was CEO. He never got the highest paycheck. He didn't do any of the things that we say are so important, and he achieved greatness. Now, Jesus' advice to us is, try it. You'll like it. Well, I don't know if you'll like it. Try it. It'll work for you. Go over to John 13. This is one of the surprising moments in Jesus' life. I can guarantee you it was one of the shocking moments for the disciples. They're having the what we call the Last Supper. It's the Passover meal. It's Thanksgiving dinner in their world. And in the middle of the meal, Jesus gets up and takes off his outer clothes because he's got to work. And he gets a basin and a towel and he goes around and starts washing everyone's feet. And we know a little bit of the dynamics. Peter is so embarrassed, he wants to not even let Jesus wash his feet. And Jesus said, no, no, I'm washing the feet here. In my paraphrase, Jesus says, Peter, shut up and let me wash your feet. Now, when he'd finished all this, and I can guarantee you the disciples were buzzing, talking about what in the world is he doing washing all our feet. And Jesus doesn't want it any misunderstanding so he explains why verse 12 when Jesus had finished washing their feet 
He put his clothes back on and he returned to his chair. Sorry, his place. Probably wasn't a chair. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, who you should be listening to, who you should be following, let me be your Lord, your teacher, your leader. And I've washed your feet. You also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent me. Now, I want to read one more verse, but hold on for just a second. Do you hear what Jesus is saying? You say you want to follow me. You say, I really know what I'm doing. Well, if I do, I'm telling you, join me down here washing feet. Be a servant like I have been. And his conclusion is, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. What does Jesus say? You want to be great? Be a servant. Do you want first place? Be a servant. Do you want to be blessed? Be a servant. Do you want to find your life? Lose it. The pyramid is the very opposite of what we're used to. Jesus says, turn it over. Turn it upside down. The greatest among you will be your servant. Today we're talking about servanthood and the life of service. And I think a lot of times in church, people think, well, that's because you need my help. And we do. As I said earlier, when we listed four or six pages of people serving us, we need that. We do. And we're blessed as people serve. But what I want you to see, what Jesus is trying to teach us is, it's not a win-lose. And I think a lot of times we see that. I'm going to lose here. I'm going to give up my night. I'm going to give up this week. I'm going to do this. The church needs it, and we do. But what Jesus is saying is, you need it too. I need it too. That in that act of serving is good for me. And that's the point we miss because our culture says serving is a dead end. It's about me. And Jesus says, no, it's not. In fact, he warns us, he says, if you live life for me, if you put yourself at the top of the pyramid and say it's all about me, you in fact will lose life. It won't work. And how many empty, selfish people do we all know who are proof that Jesus is right? But what he says is, if you'll join me down here at the bottom of the pyramid, if you'll be a servant too, you're going to find out that life works. You're going to find life and real greatness, a life that matters, a life of impact, is found down here, not at the top. And that's what I want you to understand about serving today. It's what Christ calls us to do because God needs our help. He needs us to serve, 
but it is an ultimate win-win. We touch other lives as Jesus did. We serve, we're a blessing, we help others, but in the process, we are helped ourselves. And we find that's what life is really all about. My question for you today is this, are you ready to try Jesus' approach? For several years, we've had some banners hanging back by the drinking fountain that talk about steps of discipleship. And one of those is serve. One of the challenges for us, one of the steps to growth spiritually, to getting our act together, is learning the value of serving and finding places to serve that fit us doesn't mean you got to go do something that you can't do and that you're going to fail miserably at. The beauty is there's so many ways to serve. And God has ways for you to serve that fit you, that you can do well. And you can walk away and say, hey, that was great. I want to do that some more. We want to do two things, and that's why the sermon has been a, a little bit earlier today is because we want to help you learn about serving if you're not doing that. And there's two things that we want to do. We're going to look at our ministry teams, partially to honor those ministry teams, but also to help you see all the different opportunities for you to serve. Different ways that will fit you. But there's one other thing, one of those inserts in the bulletin looks like that. And we have an iConnect, and this is a how-to-do-it-yourself, a, a survey that you can say, here are my interests. I like to cook, I like to garden, I like to play the guitar. All kinds of things that you can say, hey, if you could use one of these, that's me. I'll serve in that way. It's an interest I have, it's an ability I have. Go fill that out. Now here's our offer, okay? This is new, so I think there's two of these filled out so far, Rhonda and I, and we're not included. For the next two weeks, we want you to fill this out, okay? If you do, this is like a carnival. I, if you do, the staff are going to, well, not everybody, whoa. We're going to draw four names out of everybody who fills out the survey, and the staff are going to serve you a great breakfast we'll have you here we're not taking you out we're bringing you here and we're going to serve you and it's uh, we're doing more than buy donuts it's going to be a nice breakfast and we're going to serve you as a way of saying thanks thanks for being interested in being a servant so two weeks fill out the survey let us know your abilities your interests and how you might help serve and we'll announce the four winners that are going to be served by the staff breakfast, okay? So two weeks, do that. And now I want you to meet our ministry teams, okay? So there is the last handout in your bulletin is a list of our ministry teams. And I just want to go through these quickly. I won't read them for you. You can. But one of our... We're just going to go through an alphabetical order. One of our ministry teams is adult education. 
It's the people who organize our classes, whether that's Sunday school on Sunday morning, Wednesday night, panels, uh, special seminars, workshops, retreats, anything like this are our adult education. You may like to help with that. Okay? The second is the care ministry. And all these people, I'm going to ask you, I've sort of organized the adult education one, so I'm already standing here. Our care ministry is, is a group of people who sort of coordinate how do we care for needs in the church, whether that's meals or visiting or whatever else, that we can be the hands and feet of Christ. And that's our care ministry. And that's Carol Smith and Tammy Olson and Eunice Barber and Paul Myers. Okay? How many of them are here? Eunice can't stand up. We're going to have these people come up front in just a minute because we're going to pray for all of our leaders. So that's the care ministry. If you enjoy visiting somebody in the hospital, fixing a meal, uh, helping fix a broken screen door, anything like that is part of the care ministry. As there's needs in the church, that's the care ministry. Children's ministry. We're already saying for Rhonda, so you know who she is. But we take care of these kids from birth, and the children's ministry goes up through fifth grade. It's Sunday morning during Sunday school. It's children's worship. It's vacation Bible school. It's Wednesday night. It's children's activities. And it's helping the parents of those kids. All of that is a part of children's ministry. And always needing a ton of people to help care for all the kids around here. Maybe that's something you'd like to help with. There's another sort of umbrella we call in this booklet our community ministries. It's where we leave this building and we go outside and we serve in the community. And I'm going to list four. One is Family Promise. And that's Faye Gallagher and Benita Nolden coordinate it. ton of people help. It's our ministry to the homeless. Four times a year, we spend a week hosting, housing, feeding, entertaining homeless families. You can help with it. It's only a week at a time. That may be something that, could help, that you could help with. There's also the food shelf, the ACBC food shelf. Sue and Bob Sadler and Deb and Rick Lund. We gather money and food for the food shelf down in Coon Rapids that covers our area. The Bloodmobile, Elaine Weir and Carol Smith. They set that up, they coordinate it. You might want to help with that. Three or four times a year, the Bloodmobile comes here and we donate blood. And the last we haven't heard a lot about is we have fewer soldiers overseas, but Doug Casteth coordinates a ministry to military families. If they have one of the parts of the family are overseas and that family has a need, it could be something with the house, the car, the yard, whatever, we're just available to help those families. And Doug coordinates that. Those are our community ministries. And then hospitality. And hospitality is where we serve the meals here. It can be a potluck like next Sunday, and it can be a Thanksgiving dinner, a church picnic. These groups come together and serve us by putting together that meal and serving it and cleaning up. And it could be a funeral dinner. It could be some other special event. 
maybe you enjoy preparing food or serving food and talking to people or you don't mind cleaning up. Those are all ways that you could help for hospitality. So those are some of our ministries, and lest you get really bored, we're going to break them up. But that's the beginning of some of our ministries, and we're going to look at some more ways you could plug in and serve. But I think we're also going to take an offering and sing. Okay? Why don't, why don't you stand this morning as we... Uh take our offering and sing. Let's pray for our offering. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this good day. We thank you that you're in this place. We thank you for um, those here who, who serve, who help, who volunteer. Um, I pray that you bless them. I pray that you encourage others to be part of this, uh, uh, of this group of people and part of this, these ministries. Uh, we thank you for the ability to give back to you uh, some of what you've given to us. And we pray that you would uh, take these gifts this morning and use them for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's look at some more of the ministries. I'll just go through them quickly, but I want you to be aware of them. Uh, men's Ministries, this is one of our newer groups where they are trying to put together things for men to get together to have fun as well as to grow spiritually. Uh, Randy Lewis is heading that up. And they're doing a variety of events. They had a retreat um, this, uh, this is summer. So this spring they had a retreat and doing different things. Um, missions, Rick Lund leads that. Um, missions is more than just sending a check off. And we do that and we support all those missionaries on that map. But it's also communication, encouraging those missionaries. And it's communicating with us. Uh, praying for those missionaries, what can we pray for? Things like that, bringing in missionaries so we can hear from them. It's an important relationship. That might be something that you'd like to help with. You have a world focus that interests you, you'd like to help with that. Evangelism is a group that we're organizing, and it's to help us individually. How do we be salt and light? Where we work, in our neighborhood, with the ball team. How do we have spiritual conversations? Anything like that. And how do we hold our church up? We're going to have a booth at the Andover Fun, Family Fun Fest the second week in July. Maybe you'd like to help with that. It's just there to be present, talk to the community as they walk by, things like that. That's evangelism. Our prayer team, they do several different things. They have the prayer room that we talk about after every service. They staff that. They keep a prayer chain going that's available all the time where you can turn in prayer requests. They have classes on prayer. They do different things about prayer. So we pray as a church, but so we each individually grow in prayer. And maybe that's something that interests you and you'd like to help out with prayer in this church. The property team has a lot of work to do. It's the building, it's the grounds, it's the equipment, it's the vehicles, it's the roof, it's the plumbing, it's the electrical, and it goes on and on. But some of you enjoy that kind of thing. You like painting or you like fixing something, and you'd be willing to help property take care of this building. We do very little with paid contractors. What we can do and have the skills we do with people like you. And so we need to know if you'll help with a vehicle or help paint or help with landscaping, or one of the flower beds, or mowing, or whatever it might be. 
we need help with property, and that might fit you. Servant development, you're going to meet Rhonda. Again, she wears a lot of hats around here. And she coordinates this. Servant development has a table here, and she hopes you stop by and talk to her after this service. But it's helping people find out a place to serve. And you can talk to Rhonda. They'll offer classes to help you find your gifts, your abilities, and where to plug in in the church. But she just helps link up people and ministries, and that's servant development. Small groups, we have five small groups right now. It's something we know we want more small groups. Maybe that's something that interests you being in a small group. If we form some new ones, maybe you would be interested in helping lead a small group. We know they're important. We know they're powerful. The relationships, the spiritual growth that happens in small groups. And we're always looking for more people for small groups. There's four women who organize our women's ministries. Terry Cassith, Penny Carter, Beth Higgins, and Judy Peake. And they have studies, they have uh, events, crafting, retreats, a wide variety of things. Some just for connecting and building relationships. And some for spiritual growth. Uh, maybe you'd be interested in helping be a part of that and what they organize and do. There's worship. We take it for granted. It happens every Sunday. We show up and it's ready. But worship happens. There's communion in the communion trays. The offering plates are where they belong. The slides work. The equipment works. All of this happens most of the time. And there's people to sing and play and run the technical stuff. And maybe you'd be interested in that. There's a lot of people behind the scenes, so we have worship every Sunday. And maybe you have interest in any of those areas. You could serve in worship. Andy works with our youth. 6th grade up through 12th grade. And maybe that's a sponsor, maybe that's helping teach, maybe that's being a friend. All kinds of things are needed as a part of serving our youth and organizing and leading that youth ministry. Maybe you'd like to help with that. All of these in that whole brochure are our ministries that are organized in a major way. And any one of those would be an opportunity for you to serve. If there's something you heard today that interests you, right behind the pews here is a table, and Servant Development would love to talk with you to help you find a place where you can find out Jesus wasn't kidding when he said, if you really want to find your life, lose it. And if you lose it, you will find real greatness making a difference we want to close to the service today by praying for all those who lead our ministries because what they do is so important so if you're one of those I read if you lead one of our ministries would you please come down relatively quickly okay and the elders if you would come please and the elders who um, represent the whole church are going to pray over all those who lead. So if the ministry leaders would stay on the carpet and the elders can get on the first level of the stage behind them. Do we... Carrie, can you grab a mic? Or you got one? Well... Let's pray. We don't have enough hands for everybody here. 
Our dear Heavenly Father, we are just so grateful that you instituted um, your church, and we thank you that we can be a part of that. We thank you for all these people here, God, who have uh, dedicated uh, such a large amount of their time to serve you and to serve the church. We pray, God, that your hand would continue to be upon them as, as they serve uh, your church here. We pray that the things they do would be pleasing to you and uh, that everything that is done in, in this congregation, in this local church, would bring glory to your name. Father, I'd like to thank you for each one of these that have uh, come up this morning, and yet uh, we also know that there could be more, that uh, there are open positions, that, and we need uh, good leaders if we are going to uh, be successful for you and to be an impact for you here in this community, then uh, we need leaders as well as followers. And so our, our prayer this morning is that uh, uh, this uh, sermon that we've heard will touch the hearts of each of us and that uh, we can uh, do more and uh, that uh, we can step out perhaps for the first time and, uh, and, and serve and be more like Jesus. In his name we pray. Our hope is that today you will leave with a new perspective on servanthood and why it might be a good thing that you will have a deeper appreciation for all those who serve us uh, here at Andover Christian uh, maybe you'll have a bigger appreciation for all that goes on here we invite you to stop by the reception uh, have a cookie and uh, we thank you for helping and serving um, and may you have a blessed week and see your week differently. I hope that pyramid upside down haunts you this week. And what can you do this week to move down the pyramid and be like Christ? Have a blessed week. I got waves that are tossing me, crashing all over my